Well, hello, and welcome to this edition of Growing Wisdom. I'm pleased to be here today with Lynn Flodine, and Lynn is a member of the Volante Farms team in Needham, Massachusetts. Uh, Lynn, I have known for a long time. I didn't realize, Lynn, until I started talking with you. You've been there 33 years. That is uh, pretty amazing. It is amazing. It's been great. What are some of the changes you've seen in those 33 years? I mean, I know Volante's just celebrated their 100th anniversary a couple of years ago. So, so you've been there about a third of the time that they've existed. Oh, gosh. I never thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we went from being just seasonal, all right, a small farm stand with a few greenhouses to being the big grocery store type thing that we have now and a big retail greenhouse operation. Um, much bigger. When I started, there were two or three full-timers. And now, I don't know, there's over 100 people employed. Wow, just, just amazing. What I love about it is that, you know, it's in an area that's not too far from Boston. And it's one of the few places left that's kind of a farm. I mean, you, you Very guys much have so. a farm right there. Right. Uh, and that that's pretty amazing. So I, I came to know Volantes when I started, you know, needing some things to plant. And I met David uh, Volante himself. And, you know, he and I have developed a relationship. And so uh, that's one of the ways in which I've really come into, uh, you know, understanding all the wonderful things that you do. What I'd like to do today is just kind of talk about some of the things that are going on. We're recording this here in, you know, mid to late September. And it's still... Uh, a great time to plant. I think that when folks start seeing the light get lower and it cools off and the leaves are coming down, they think gardening's done, but uh, it's really not, is it? Tell me a little bit about your philosophy on sort of fall planting. I think fall is one of the best times to plant shrubbery, some of your perennials, your ornamentals, because you don't have the water and transplant stress. You can put it out there, you still have to pay attention. It still needs water, but you're not going to be shocking it when you do it. And next spring, you're all set. Yeah, that's one of the things that I find too, is that the, the ground's still so warm, whereas mm -hmm. in the spring, the ground's kind of warming up. And so the roots, you know, you plant something in April, the ground's still kind of cold and the roots really aren't going. You put something in the ground now, I've put things in this time of the year and then, you know, kind of peaked a few weeks later and the roots have just gone. They've really started going. They go crazy at this time of year because it's just what you're saying. The soil is warm. There isn't that shock of coming out of like their roots are always in, they're in the pot. They're above ground. So they're nice and warm. And then you put it into spring soil, which is not only cold, but generally damp. Right. And, and in spite of the fact that this year we have had, Adequate rainfall, for sure. Adequate's not the worst. <laughs> yeah, it's been. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. I do want to talk about all the rain because I'm curious you know, yeah. of how it impacted you. Is there anything you find that you really like to plant this time of the year? Is there a favorite perennial or shrub or something, you know, that maybe folks don't have as much success in the spring that they really should be planting now? I think ornamental grasses are one of my favorites because they're, at this time, the they're all in bloom. Mm. And they come back spectacularly the next spring. I also like putting some of the um, panicle hydrangeas that are still in color, like the bobos, things like that. They just, they really perk up the fall garden. Yeah, I, I love limelight. One of my favorites. I know yep. it's sort of one that's been around for a long time. Yep. We have one um, blooming now. It's called berry white. And it's this deep mauve panicle. It, it's just incredible. 
and it holds the the other thing I like is that they hold the flowers even though they turn brown they hold them all winter so I find Thank it just you. interesting looking out and seeing you know the brown flowers in the snow yep that's yeah I was just talking to some about someone about whether or not they could deadhead their hydrangea right now mm. You know, um, one of the things that I did years ago with the limelight is I took a, it's probably not environmentally the best thing in the world, but I spray painted the flowers at the end of the season and they were all this brilliant blue. And I looked oh. out in the winter and I saw, and people would drive by in December and take pictures of this thing that they thought was still blooming. <laughs> that is spectacular. It's just kind of, you know, it's just kind of whimsical and fun. It is. It is. Um, there's a bank near me, near my home, where they take, they grow giant allium. And for the 4th of July, they paint the allium heads red, white, and blue. Yeah, same sort of idea. You know, yep. why not take advantage of things that are, that are Absolutely. kind of dying out a little bit? Tell me a little bit about, let's back up a little bit. Tell me a little bit about some of the things that you found this summer because of all the rain, you know, anything that was more successful, but also some of those things that were really a challenge. Um, a lot, what well, I found from our customers, a lot of mixed planters were challenging. Things in the ground seemed to do better if they survived the rabbits and the deer, but a lot of like caliber coas, um, geraniums even, they just can't handle that much rain that quickly. Mm -hmm. Vegetables were a disaster overall for people. Tomatoes got wilts, they cracked. It, it's not, beans on the other hand seem to do great. That's, that's true. I had a really good bean crop. I planted for the first time, I planted some beans, which you were supposed to let kind of go to the end and use mm -hmm. them as uh, winter, you know, soups and beans for oh, yeah. that, uh, dried beans. And so I, I did have those and they looked, uh, they look good. And I have, you know, probably have about three or four pounds from a little area of those, but yeah, the tomatoes were just, the, the, the initial flush also tasted tasteless. I found that yes. because of all the water, Yes. There was just no sugar that had built up in them. And I, I, you know, you'd bite into them and I was like, this is worse than a winter tomato. No, they're mealy too. The texture was not good. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it has not been, they had, they, a lot of the ones we found that we were growing too got a much thicker skin than we normally would get mm -hmm. because it was so hot and dry early on when they first went in the ground and then it got cold and rainy. It, it just wasn't a year for them. Yeah. It's, it's, I, you know, I'm one of those people that hates when it dries out too much and we get drought and that can be really challenging yes. to water and constantly be keeping things alive. But I don't know, you know, given the choice between the kind of year we just had and a drought year, uh, you know, it's sort of a toss up and I might even lean towards a drier year just because the disease problems with all this wetness are just almost impossible to manage. Absolutely. Roses had problems. I, it was it was really pretty impressive the number of things that we saw. And it was just, you could look at it immediately and say, no, that's just too much water. Right, right. And, the, and the, wettest, the wettest July, August, September since about 1955. So, really? uh, you know, that's even before you started working. I know. Well, yeah, that's only slightly before I was around, though. I just, um, Any sort of color that you're thinking about moving back to fall? Anything that would... Uh, you know, kind of somebody has maybe a container. You spoke with the fact that people's containers struggled. Maybe they're looking out at their container and saying, you know, this just doesn't look good. What could they put in now that's going to give some color, you know, maybe There's all the way through? Um, if you want to go with perennials, um, Autumn Joy Sedum, any of those like in that family, 
um, the upright sedums that bloom late, the um, lizomachias, like the bright green trailers mm. um, per annual, still salvias, petunias are available, pansies. There's a lot of things besides mums that you can put in now and get really good color. Rutabecchia. Yeah, yeah, I love those. It's, there's a lot available that isn't a mum. And if you're doing a mixed container, adding a small mum to it gets you a very late, the, um, the ornamental cabbages and kales. We haven't gotten enough cold weather for those to really color up yet, but they will. Um, some of the others like ornamental peppers, I love the look of them, but they are not a long-term plant because they don't tolerate the cooler nights. Right, yeah, that those things get a frost and they're done, whereas the ornamental right. kales, they look better once they get yeah. a little bit colder. What else? Yeah, I'm really, I, I'm really a big fan of the uh, ornamental kales and and cabbages. I actually, uh, when I do the weather on Channel Four, I bring a plant in, and I brought some in last weekend. It was actually oh. talking about exactly that for containers. Uh, and they go until Thanksgiving. I mean, they can be snowed on. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've even seen them in the spring. They're not. They're they're mushy, but they'll actually start growing again if it's not mm -hmm. a, a completely cold uh, cold winter. One of the other plants last year, I had it in a mixed window box was verbena, which I don't generally consider to be a cold weather plant because it needs to go out very late in the summer, in the spring, not summer. But it went, we had snow and it was blooming when mm. the snow melted and it kept going. So I, it is much tougher on that end than it is when you're planting it in the spring. I think also like even putting in some of the herbs that are cold tolerant just as a interesting little filler. Like if you can find yep. parsley or something like yep. that, that'll handle uh, a that little will. bit of cold. Some rosemary and lavender, those do beautifully. Yeah, the rosemary, uh, mine gets dragged into the garage, but not until, you know, usually after Thanksgiving, I'll put yeah. it in the garage at that point. But it, That's it likes I think to... They're good down to about zone seven. Yeah. Yeah, we're not at a zone seven temperature usually yeah. until after yeah. Thanksgiving. <laughs> right. Hopefully, hopefully not. Yeah, hopefully, gosh. Anything you're looking forward to? Now, you guys, when do you start kind of ordering or have you already started ordering for spring 2022? Um, I have done some ordering. I've done the roses that will come in next year because those are grown to order. And I have been going, pouring over catalogs with my crew for the annuals, for the mixed baskets, for the four inch, for people to buy the window box plants, what we call them. Seed is a late thing. I we don't make that many changes. There aren't that many new exciting things in seed usually. Sure, sure. It, any any perennial you're seeing or annual for next year? Little little hint that something well, that you're like, oh, we're excited about this. There's oh, there's an Artemisia, and I'm not going to remember the name. It's um, it was referred to as ground fern. It was a deep green Artemisia that had a very fern type foliage on it more of a, almost like a juniper, mm -hmm. but it's a die to the ground um, perennial. I'd seen those as trial gardens. There are some new butterfly bushes that are just spectacular. There's um, a large cascading type and there's one called wisteria, which is the color of wisteria. Oh, that sounds nice. Yeah, oh, it is. <laughs> it I'm, I'm, new... I'm, take, I'm taking notes. I'm writing some of these <laughs> things down. There's a new line of um, million bells called Itsy, I believe it was, which is quite compact. 
And given the summer, when I was seeing them, it was mid-August and they are not cared for in any way other than like planted water, that's it. They were spectacular. They were covered with flowers. So I think that's gonna be a real help for the home gardener. Yeah, I think anything that has a long lasting bloom to be mixed in with, you know, some of the perennials or even some of the annuals is, is definitely desirable. Yes. Uh, some of the new impatience also that came out because of the, oh, yes. the blight that we had. And now it seems like those, like I, I'm looking outside at some brilliant kind of orange ones now that mm -hmm. really have done well against some of those diseases. They have done remarkably well. The first year I was able to get any of the Amara, we planted a pot of the regular accent mix against a pot of the Amara mix. And we just threw them out in the garden and watered them occasionally. Come September, the Amara was blooming. The other was, all the leaves were gone, mm. nothing happening. So they are a tremendous improvement. Yeah, it's, 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 it's so fascinating for those of us, I think in this industry that they can, you know, breed these things. You have a problem, and a few years later, they're like, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna breed a new variety, and this is going to be resistant to this particular blight." And the colors are more spectacular, and they bloom longer. And uh, you know, the homeowner really does benefit from all of they these do. advances. Um, that's a huge crop, financially, commercially, I guess is what I want to say, because everybody goes to it. That's thing. It did not having them for a few years be that reliable did increase the interest in begonias mm -hmm. which is nice too because that's a real easy plant for most people yeah i like the white begonias i'm partial to white when it comes to those big double flowered begonias i think just yep. really pop in a container i'm more partial to the foliage begonias mm -hmm. um variegated and Yes. Worlds, yes. Worlds of color. Yeah. I just, I like the texture of them. I think they're an interesting thing in a shade garden. I have a very shady yard, so I have to. Yeah, they do. They do add some color in, in yeah. shade, like the impatience. Uh, anything else that you would want to, you know, as folks are sort of thinking about October, any other tip you might give to people as they're getting ready to kind of clean up their gardens? things to do, yeah, things not to but do. They really want to clean up their gardens. And if they've had any of these problems of mildews or blights, do not put the leaves in your compost. It's Great just thing. going to over and it's going to come back on you next year when you put it back out in the garden. Mm -hmm. The other thing is I am not a believer in pruning roses in the fall. Mm. I think they should be done in the spring. Right with you. Yeah, good. <laughs> I'm, right, I'm right. I'm right with you. I leave them. I just I leave yep. them all winter, and then I yep. usually I prune them. You know, early Marchish. As soon as yeah, as soon as mine starts to sprout. Yeah, and cut them back hard. But yep. it's people like to do them in September, October, and then you end up with this winter kill. Mm -hmm. And if you have more branch, you have less winter kill towards the graft. Yeah, I tend to, I, my, my little routine is I prune and I put the first fertilizer down with them as I'm pruning. So like as second, the second the snow's melting, I've been outside uh, at sometimes where the ground is still almost frozen and I'm scratching in fertilizer and cutting them oh, back. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. Well, good. I'm glad that the expert tells me I'm doing things right. <laughs> Well, Lynn, this was awesome. Uh, I really appreciate your time here and, uh, you know. Thank you for having me. Continue 
Uh, many more years at Valentia. Oh. You're definitely one of those faces that I love going in and saying hello to. And, uh, you know, you just we love having you. You bring it. You bring a, a smile to a place, which is wonderful anyway. So uh, yeah, thank you very much a- and have a great day. You too.